Will you pray with me, please? Gracious and holy God, we enter into your presence with great expectation. May the meditations of our hearts and minds and the words of my mouth be pleasing in your sight. Amen. I have this friend named Reverend Larry James, and he is the director of everything at City Square in Dallas. It's kind of a um, service center in the center um, urban area of Dallas. Back in the 1990s, he became the executive director of what was then called the Dallas Central Food Pantry. And he, he admits in a book that he wrote not too long ago, The Wealth of the Poor, that he had a whole lot to learn. It became really evident to him that he may, had made some unexcusable um, kind of um, evaluations of the place when one day he was doing some interviewing, and he took in three Hispanic families at one time. Now, his thought was that that they don't know much English, but between the three of them, perhaps they could um, figure it out and come to get get the information out that he needed. And he didn't know much Spanish, but maybe between the two, they could figure it out. But after they had worked together for some time, and the communication was going pretty poorly, Miss Josefina walked by. Oh, Larry got excited. He jumped up. He said, "Uh, ma'am, ma'am, I need your help. Will you help me? And she said, yes, Larry, I'd be glad to help you. What do you need? He said, I need a translator. You see, he had met with Josefina earlier that morning, and he knew that that she was uh, uh, bilingual. And so he invited her in, and between the the four of them, they figured out all that these three families need in the way of of help, and everyone left that afternoon feeling not frustrated, but excited, and their spirits were uplifted. Now, as Josefina began to leave that day, Larry tapped her on the shoulder and thanked her once again for her help, and then she turned and she looked at him and she said, Larry, I can come back again tomorrow if you think you need my help. He said, I think I will always need your help. So she did. She came back tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow, and she did that every day for nine years. You see, Josephina, that particular day, had become a good neighbor. And every day after that, she was a good neighbor. So when I think about good neighbor, there's a a story that comes to mind. We've already talked about it a little bit this morning in the children's time. It's a story that all of us are familiar with. Jesus loved to tell stories in the form of uh, parables. And this particular story is shared in the Gospel of Luke. We call it sometimes the Good Samaritan or the Good Neighbor. I'm going to pick up in verse 10. Uh, Chapter 10, verse 25. Listen now for God's holy word. Just then a lawyer stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he said, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And he said to him, what is written in the law? What do you read there? And he answered, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your mind and all your strength. And you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, You have given the right answer. Do this, and you will live. But wanting to justify himself, the lawyer asked Jesus, And who is my neighbor? Jesus replied, 
A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell into the hands of robbers who stripped him, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. Now by chance, a priest was going down that road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. So likewise, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, while traveling, came near him, and when he saw him, he was moved with pity. He went to him, and he bandaged his wounds, having poured oil and wine on them. And then he put him on his own animal and brought him to an inn and took care of him. The next day he took out two denarii, gave them to the innkeeper, and said, Take care of him, and when I come back I will repay you whatever you spend. With which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? The lawyer said, The one who showed him mercy. And Jesus said to him, Go and do likewise. This is the word of God for the people of God. God. You see, I understand that this road between Jerusalem and Jericho goes through a rocky terrain. It drops in elevation quite drastically from the area of the high plains down to the region that is uh, next to the Dead Sea. And so along this pathway, it is treacherous at best in the first century. Anyone might be, fall victim of the steep terrain and fall and hurt themselves. They might fall victim of the wild animals that hang out in the rocks and even the criminals who hang out there. This particular man had fallen victim. We are told he was robbed, he was stripped of all of his possessions and he was beaten and he was left there to die. The Levite and the priest walk by and the church has not always been good about giving them much of a break because they passed by on the other side of the road. But I like what Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. has to say about them. Perhaps this priest and this Levi were more afraid than they were about the uh, afraid of the purity laws that sometimes have been cast upon them. You see, they were aware of how dangerous this road could be, and I imagine that perhaps as they passed by, they were thinking something like, "If I help this poor man, what might become of me?" And then there is this third person that passes by, and Jesus calls him a Samaritan. Jesus uses this to shock his audience, to use someone that they would least expect to walk by. This particular individual, I imagine, thinks, what would happen to this poor man if I don't help him? I can understand that. You see, in the news today, there is so much information about people who, in their effort to do something good to help another, fall victim to a crime or misfortune themselves. It's easy to fall into the trap to think that I'm afraid to extend myself. But that's what Jesus is talking about here. 
taking ourselves into a place that might be dangerous to help another. Jesus says that this man not only came over to assist him and go on his way, but he he took out his own oil to soothe his wounds and and wine to disinfect them. He bandaged him up and then he put him on his own animal and he took him to a nearby inn. He stayed with him for a time because we, the scripture says that it wasn't until the following morning when he did something amazing. Up until this point, he has done triage. He has done for the man what the man could not do for himself. But in the morning, when the man was a little bit stronger, he did something new. He left. He left the man in the care of a community with resources to that community who could see that this man continues to get better and stand on his own two feet. This neighbor had moved from doing ministry to a fallen victim to doing ministry with a recovering man. Who is our neighbor? Jesus asks. The one who shows mercy, lawyer. There's an interesting thing about mercy. You see, mercy is that thing that invokes an action from us. It's born out of a response that we have, we are compelled into doing something. We ask God, oh God, take mercy on us, and we expect God to act. It says that the Samaritan, when he saw the man, he took pity on him. It's that, that's that feeling inside our soul, inside our gut, that grabs our attention. But that is an emotion. It wasn't until he took action that he began to show mercy. He does what God does. He shows mercy to the man who has fallen victim to life's circumstance. You see, when my friend Larry met up with Josephine that afternoon he began to learn this important lesson of doing ministry to to moving into doing ministry with. She taught him that she had so much more to give than just the resources that we consider material things. She had a language, a communication tool to share with him. He stood that evening at the windows and looked out and began to think about that encounter that he had that day, and it changed everything in the way they did business from that point on. He could hear God saying, I have something to teach you, young man. I have something to teach you through the life of Josephine. So today, when you go to City Square... Most of the volunteers are the neighbors who come to receive services, who turn around and offer that which they can give. Yesterday, we shared with our neighbors in the Wise County Mobile Food Pantry. 
It was so fun. We came together as neighbors. And was, many of them stood in line waiting for us to finish getting set up because we were kind of out of sorts and had to move over underneath the awning rather than out on the parking lot. I began to talk to these neighbors, and I found them to be amazing individuals. One lady was really good at cobbler, I learned. She could make cobbler out of anything pretty much that you could give her. She was so good at making cobbler that when she moved one time and lost her cobbler pans, all the neighbors pulled together to buy her a new cobbler pan. (laughs) There was another person in line that I learned has an extra bed in her house. And she can't give much, but she can give a dry place to sleep to individuals who have lost a job or are between jobs. And she had with her one such individual yesterday. One other lady was known as Miss Sunshine because her gift to give was simply a positive attitude in the midst of a dark time. You see, together we came. People from First United Methodist Church and other congregations across this fine city and our neighbors. We came to sort food to set out groceries that came to us on the, in the back of a giant 18-wheeler. And together we pushed the carts and we selected healthy foods so that these neighbors of ours could extend their food budget just a little bit into the next month. It was an amazing morning. And these friends of ours that come to receive also have so much to give. I was talking to Ricky about it, and he shared with me that two of these people that come on a regular basis now serve on the board. And there were a couple of others that come on a regular basis that came every week this summer to help with the Cater Cares. It is beautiful what our friends can offer when they are invited to have a place at the table. They bring insight. They bring wisdom. They bring an understanding of what it's like to live in their shoes that maybe you and I cannot understand. During the month of August, I will be talking about what it's like to live as a disciple. And living as a disciple means that we have to love our neighbor as ourselves. But it also means that we need to be a neighbor. Sometimes we are a neighbor when we do triage, or we reach out in a time of desperate need and we do what that person that cannot do for themselves needs us to do. Sometimes being a good neighbor means that we take a risk and do something that is outside of our comfort zone or may even be dangerous And sometimes being a good neighbor means that we support the systems that are already in place and ensure that they have what they need in order to help people get on their feet again. Friends, Jesus acknowledges that there are bandits on the road, and sometimes they rob others of dignity as well as of their possessions. And I'm afraid that all too often, even in my uh, 
my uh, best desire to do good, I sometimes rob another of their dignity. Disciples do what God does. They live as neighbors. They call each other neighbors. They show mercy. They restore dignity as well as heal whom as well as heal wounds. My friend, that is what it is to be a good neighbor. Christ invites to his table all who love him. All. Go then and do likewise. Amen.